Last week we were in uh, chapter 1 of Luke, and I thought it would be appropriate to lead up to the birth of Christ. Last week we talked about Zacharias, the priest who was given a promise by the angel that his, his wife was going to have a child, and this was, this was more than miraculous. His, his wife was beyond age, beyond natural. But there was this little problem. Zacharias began to doubt a little bit. You know, like, how could this be? And he began to think in the natural. Sometimes we think in the natural, don't we? Anyone think in the natural sometimes? You wouldn't be human otherwise. So sometimes we got to remind ourselves we, we, need, we have the Lord. And what he tells us is, is beyond us. What he tells us he can do is supernatural. And so for a while, Zacharias had to be muted. He had to be silenced. It was sort of the way the Lord disciplined with him. And God loves his people. And his word says he disciplines us because he wants us to share. He wants us to be in that level with him. He wants us to go closer to him. And so sometimes we mess up, we make a mistake, God doesn't throw us out of the kingdom. I'm so glad for that. But he's there waiting for us to come back, give us a new beginning. So later in the story, Zacharias began to, as he was, his mouth was open, he began to prophesy. It's like the Lord just spoke through him. And he declared the things of God. So often, sometimes through the, the hard times, the testimony comes. Somebody have said this, there's got to be a, you want a victory, there's got to be a battle. Before we can have victory, there's got to be some kind of battle. And life is full of battles, full of one battle, one, one thing after, the, just as soon as you get through this, perhaps, Oh, now we're going to go fine. It'll go good. It can. Many times it does. But many times life is uncertain. So the next part of this chapter deals with the story of Jesus. Because God is always preparing his people for the next thing. What we learned... Last week was good, but we need to learn something new and fresh today. Every day, I believe the Lord has fresh oil for us to draw from. My mother was a great baker. Loved to bake bread. Many times I'd come home from school. And her, on her day that she baked bread, it was, it was a taste of heaven. And especially around Christmas, we would sometimes receive big things from our mom as a gift. Those, remember those, some of my siblings are here today, so they remember the Christmas ring just to die for. The Lord is not in heaven sitting with a club to beat us up when we don't get it. He's not there 
to frown upon us, but with a loving, caring hand, he disciplines us. But the particular story, the same, the same angel, Gabriel, the announcing angel, the one who went from the presence of God and came down in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. He says this in verse 28. And coming in, he says to her, he says, to, and this is to Mary, hail favored one. I would imagine she would have been just about like blown away. She probably didn't feel anyone as anyone any more special than anyone else. But the angel says, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation that might be. In other words, she was a thinker. She was one who took to heart what was said about her, what was said to her. And she began to think and she began to ponder and she began to meditate. She began to search. And the words were this, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the whole Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the offspring, the holy offspring, shall be called the Son of God. Can you imagine? Mary became the vessel. Mary became the vessel in which God chose to use. The story is not about Mary, but we honor her. God has used his people. The story is really about Jesus. Because you could imagine you. Being God for any time of any length of time, you can only imagine. You can't really know what that's like. You can only try to imagine what it would be like for stepping out of heaven down to this earth. Unbelievably humbling. And we say, why did you do that, Jesus? Why did you do this, God? Why would you bother with this sinful nation's sinful peoples and that's the very reason he came because sin entered into the picture back in the gar garden of Eden that was the reason we have death that is the reason we have trouble in the world today is because sin has entered into this world but I'm here to proclaim good news there is hope for the sinners hope for you and I Reconciliation means that we have been made in right relationship with God. See, all that I can try to do to muster up some kind of being good enough to find favor with God doesn't work. You know what find favor with God? When you accept what he's done for you. Finding favor with God is believing on him. So I want to talk a little bit about what, what can we do? What can you and I, I know that you and I, we want the favor of God. How many want the favor? You want the favor of God on your life. I think what, what to describe that, what is the favor of God? It is having the touch of the Lord on your life. 
I can't do it alone. I think God gives to us natural abilities, gives to us talents. He gives to us things that kind of come easy for us, but even those things cannot really accomplish the level of what God wants until God is in the picture. And when you have God in your life, you put on the turbocharger. When you have the Holy Spirit in your life, it's like you got the turbocharger going. And you begin to excel. You begin to do. You begin to believe. You begin to have faith like you wouldn't otherwise. You can go past the natural. The natural th is to say, well, that's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. And we see it over and over again in Scripture. With God, all things are possible for those who believe. And so whatever we're facing today, if there's something, someone, uh, the next thing in your life that's really challenging you, I trust and I believe that this is what God is calling us to do. Lay it before him. Lay it at his feet. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you and I. There is a similar word to this favor. I would call it grace. For by grace we have been saved. It is the gift of God. Nothing we can do to earn it. Grace is that which God initiated. When he saw into our heart, when he looked into our hearts, he sees the potential that you and I have through him. He sees the real person that you're becoming. The person he's created you for, for himself. See, as Mary was just chosen, she was just a chosen vessel. It was something that God saw in her that God could use. And that was humility. And it was obedience. And she was willing to carry the Christ child. She was willing to put her reputation on the line. It's imagine how many people in the natural were thinking about wh who this woman really is. And Joseph himself, what he had to go through probably many times had a glare or stare. And they had to keep on believing and trusting. See, nobody can take Jesus out of your heart if you don't let them. Nobody can take what you have, your faith. Only, only God himself knows your heart. And it's no more than anyone else in this whole entire world. And sometimes you may feel judged by the world or even by the church. But when you've come to the Lord and you know in your heart where you stand with him, you can be set free and to live that abundant life, being in touch with God. Brings about this idea of being, having favorite, not being, God does, I, don't think, I don't think God plays favoritism with people because he says he's no partial. He's not partial to anyone. And I get this in my family, you know, especially the girls. Well, you're, I'm your favorite, right? And I'll say, sure, you're my favorite. And so they're all my favorites. 
Get it? How can you pick and choose over one or the other? They're all special and unique, and you love them just as they are, every one of them. The Lord is looking for a heart in whom he can fill. The Lord doesn't get hung up over age, over how you understand things. Doesn't get hung up over your abilities. He just says, I will come and I will dwell in you. If you will trust in me, I will live in you. If you will accept me into your heart, I will live inside of you. And together, we can go forward in this life. You see, the help of the Holy Spirit within helps us withstand the winds of the enemy and the, and the world that is hurling around us, the storms of life, we call it, that come against us, the trials of this life, the heat of this world. You have a refuge in the Lord Jesus Christ. We never know about tomorrow, do we? The letter of James talked about this little word called vapor. You know, this vapor that appears, especially in this fall or spring, especially maybe when the weather warms up. He says, come now, James 4, 13, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we shall go to seek uh, such and such a city and spend a year and engage in business, make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. What a way to live. You know what that does? It, it puts God in the driver's seat. It's saying, if the Lord wills, if the Lord's willing. If, it's, if God is going to be in it. The only way we're going to be successful if God is in it. And so the Lord wills. And the Lord does have a will for us. And first and foremost, he tells us that we are called to love him. That's, that's so basic, but it's, it's, it's sometimes so hard to do because it involves our time. Love God with all your heart, all your soul. When you spend time with God, you begin to take on his desires well if I give my heart to the Lord he'll send me to Aborigine or somewhere to India growing up in the youth group I don't want to go to Africa know the Lord how he works He puts it on your heart. With that which he begins to deal with you, you begin to want to do it. Isn't it crazy? You could never see yourself doing, don't ever say, I'll never do that. Right? I could never do that. 
Mary must have thought, how can I do this? What will people say? What will people think of me? And then uh, to top it all off, they had to go res register down in their hometown, and it falls right on the day that she's giving birth. And she, she might have had reason to complain and say, Lord, what are you doing? This is too hard. And then they add to the matters. All the places were filled up. There was no place to stay. But God makes a way where there seems to be no way. The widow of the Old Testament, when she made her last meal, when the prophet came and said, you, you make... You keep, you make this meal and it's, it's gonna, and it's gonna last. Basically told her, it's not gonna run out. Because he pointed her to the source. And so when Mary was in her situation, when it was her time to give birth, she made do. She must have had some kind of forced forethought to bring what is known as swaddling clothes. Now I understand these are nearly, merely just strips of of clothes, of cloths. And that is what she wrapped the baby Jesus in. Some would say that was a foreshadow. Some could say probably. I would probably agree with that. He was laid in a, a manger, probably a cave, probably a hollowed, uh, hollow part of a rock where the, where the cattle would eat. He laid the baby. Isn't it interesting how our Lord lowered himself to this earth, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he walked where you and I walk. He felt what you and I felt. He took our sin on that cross. And then he was buried for only a while. And then he arose. And wasn't it fascinating as the disciples were discussing? They didn't even recognize Jesus after he had arose. But it says their hearts were burning. Their hearts were stirred. Their hearts had felt and heard God. And they had an encounter. See, I believe this is why Mary was able to do what she was able to do. Because the Holy Spirit came on her. And she was no doubt. There was no doubt. There was absolutely no doubt what God had called her to do. You see, there's a difference between doing something because we just think it's a good thing to do and then doing something because you feel God is leading you. Amen? It's a difference. If God provides you a job, you believe that's his provision, then you, go, you, put, your, you put your hand to the plow. You, you give it all you got. This is the provision of God.
I would have burned out a long time ago without the help of the Lord. If it was just in my own strength, I wouldn't make it very long. Are you glad you have the Lord? Every morning his mercies are new. He created you and I to know him. To walk together. You're never meant to be alone, going through this life. God's favor comes to those who are willing to say, yes, I will trust you, even though it's tough. I believe this is where you've called me. God's favor is upon people's lives who have been sold out to him, who are convinced that whatever God says, that is the absolute truth. God's favor is likened to a person that struggles, yet they only get what we would say marginal income. Well, they go through life, and it's a struggle for sometimes, such a struggle for some and not for others to learn and grasp things. That doesn't mean anything with God. God still can give his favor. See, people can be in ministry and touch lives even though they don't have legs, even though they don't have what we say is normal. God can use even people. And you would think there was no way that they could understand God sees people's hearts. And God chooses vessels in which he can be honored. Isn't it wonderful how the Lord puts together the body, his body, the body of the church, the church of Christ, set free by his own triumph over the grave. Philippians 2, 7 says he emptied himself. He emptied himself. He emptied. He poured himself out. Bond servant has to do, he volunteered. He wasn't forced. And being in the, made in the likeness of men, good match. All the comforts, all the splendor of heaven then coming to this earth. But he stayed the course. He stayed true. And see what we read in scriptures a few verses over. Further into this book that he found favor. God, Jesus found favor with the Father and with men. He found favor. Well, what's that all about? He, he got the voice of, of the, whole, the help of the Holy Spirit. He talked to the Father. God was in man. Man was God, hard to figure out, hard to put your mind around it. But he lowered himself. He limited himself. He was tempted at all things, yet without sin. He overcame it. Because he knew there was a place and he would go back into heaven to prepare for you and I. 
So in this series of life that we are in, this one battle after another, sometimes it's hard to see heaven when you're buried under in this life. As far as the world is concerned with responsibility, you're buried with, with, with stress. You're buried sometimes with wondering how this is all going to turn out like Mary, wondering how this is all going to come to pass. And there was a missionary that someplace, he said these words that he had served in a hard place, that life is a series of one battle after another. But he made it his ambition to keep plodding on, plod, the word plod. You've heard of plod horses? I know a woman has. They're just steady. They're not fast. They're strong. They're steady. They plod. They keep pulling. There's a limit. There's a time to rest. There's a time to take in. But this whole idea that this race that you, I, you and I are on, as the Hebrews, book of Hebrews described, we are fixing our eyes on Jesus. This race is not a sprint. This race is a pace. This race has a rhythm, a rhythm which you and I can find that works for you. And you don't have to compare yourself to somebody else. If someone else is way in front of you, seeming to excel, seeming to go further, always going to do better. You just keep plodding on in your own fashion. We're going to get a reward for faithfulness. That's not going to, why you only got this much. But you were faithful with a little here now. <laughs> Enter in, enjoy much. You know how it works? It's just like the parable of those who started working in the morning. And in the Bible, Jesus talked about this story. There's someone that came in the morning, they worked at all the heat of the day. And they said, well, what, what in the world? I don't get the same. They get just as much. Yeah. God has a different way of measuring things. See, I can try to impress God with all my good things, but he's not impressed with trying to be impressed. What impresses God is humility, brokenness, surrender, saying yes. Even when you may have some fears, some anxieties, but deep down inside, you know God has spoken to you. And if God said it, so be it. And so may this year, may we dare to pray for the favor of God to come into our place. The favor of God on your, on your home, on your kids, on your grandkids. The favor of God on their future. The favor of God. Somehow our nation needs to come back. We can't go much further the way we're going. Without God, this nation is in peril. But God is saying, if my people will pray, if they will, 
that they will stand in the gap. He's done it so many times. The word keeps coming to me, restoration. Restoration. I'm praying that this year will be the year for restoration. Restoring our nation. But it starts with the church. It starts with the believers. Because he says, if my people, he doesn't expect the people that don't know him to pray for the nations. He expects the people that know him to pray for the nations. So be challenged. God sometimes calls us in the wee hours of the morning, awakens us. Whoever it may be, put someone on your heart. You may be working. Someone will come to your mind or a situation. That's called intercession. God, God calls us to be intercessors. And I'll leave you with this. I mentioned this race from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I read these verses, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. We read about these folks, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, just to mention a few that are listed. But I would dare say that you could start to put in that list. Not that we add to the Bible. That's not, that's not good. But we add to the list and sense in our own heart there are people we know have gone before us. And because of their walk and because of their faith and because of we, we saw them go through in life, we too can have this attitude of pressing through, plodding on. Let us, let us run. Let us lay aside all this encumber. Let's lay aside the things of this this world that are pulling on us. Let's lay aside, let's take time out with God so that we can get filled with his perspective. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes upon Jesus. Hey, if you're limping when you come over the line, you're so bad. If you're limping, you finish the race anyway. As God is for those. As his word says, even those who have little and have much. And so, the Lord endured it for us. And he came down to the finish line. He didn't bail on us. When that cross became too heavy for our Lord to carry. He fell beneath its weight. He had it in his heart to continue, but he couldn't in his own body. And some of us have lost people this year. They have had it in their heart. They wanted to live, but their body was, was done, was spent. And God knows that time for us. And we don't mourn like people without Jesus. We don't grieve because we have the Lord and we have that hope. And see, what God did is he, he put another person in to help, to help our Lord to make it. 
Jesus could have called an end to the whole thing. He had all power to say, enough. Come angels. But he didn't. He held steady because he had you and I. I believe this is his verse. He, for the joy set before him, he saw past the cross into the future where every person, all the people is coming to him. Rejoice. We're going to sing and we're going to have the musicians play. I believe I saw joy to the world. Is that right? You see, it was joy. It's joy for you and I to know that we have someone who has paid the penalty, has taken He's taken the rap for our sin. And he's calling us to take this message to the workplace. Take this message to all ends of the earth. Go and make disciples. So guys, we're going to enjoy this song. And we'll come back and we'll wrap it up with a prayer. Thank you, guys.